0: recording, yeah. and I'm going to do one of these. <laughs> Welcome to Forge Club Podcast. I am your host, Jess, and today I am joined by the legendary Jonah Kroll. Welcome to the show.
1: Howdy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well howdy there well howdy
1: for those of you who can't see we're wearing some some cowboy hats right now and this yeah. is not how i talk i'm from buffalo don't <laughs> worry don't worry don't worry i'm a, I'm a, just a big poser I, i'm gonna ask you this so do you how much of like the buffalo culture do you feel like is really part of you at this point because you grew up here and like this is a big part of your life but you've also like me been to a thousand places
0: yeah you know that's a good question. I feel like I'm actually leaning more into it now that I live in Buffalo proper. Hmm. Uh, growing up in Lewiston, which is a small town north of Buffalo, um, I didn't really, I didn't really feel that at all. Like I grew, I, I felt more, <laughs> I don't know, like a cowboy than anything. I guess <laughs> not actually, but like I grew up on a farm. Yeah, I grew up in rural north uh, western New York, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's just very different than proper Buffalo, which is very much like. What do they call it? A uh drinking town with a football problem?
1: <laughs> that tracks. That sh- that for sure tracks. I mean <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, which like I don't even really drink and I I love the Bills because of the social aspect in the community. But yeah. I think I am like proud to live in Buffalo right now. Like it's a very mm-hmm. community oriented city and like, yeah. like the yeah, the sense of community here is beautiful and it's very artistic and there's a lot of like I don't know, just community events, and yeah, I love this area. So right now, I'm strongly identifying with Buffalo, but yeah. growing up, never did.
1: Fair, fair. I mean, yeah, you grew up in the middle, and like you live in one of the coolest areas in Buffalo too. Thank you. I, honestly, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No,
0: if I, mean, I was intentional about yeah. that. Yeah. If,
1: if I was gonna ever move back here, I'd want to live in, or well, at least in my 20s, I would like to live in this area. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that like the idea of did you like growing up on a farm, stuff like that?
0: I loved it, and. For a while, I'm like, oh, I could never actually have my own farm when I'm a grown-up because it's a lot of work. But now I'm reaching a point where I think my end game is having a little homestead. Yes! Yeah. Yes,
1: I love that. Yeah. Yeah, ditto. Yeah. Which, I don't know how that works with the whole being a musician thing is the problem.
0: Oh, I feel like a lot of musicians, especially, like, later in their life, do do that.
1: Yeah, that's true. I think when I first moved to Nashville, I went to like a studio blowout sale somewhere like 45 minutes north of nashville mm-hmm. and it ended up being charlie daniels ranch studio and it was like right after he died there were it was basically an estate sale for charlie Whoa. daniels it was sick um but yeah it was 45 minutes north middle of no like not close to nashville mm-hmm. and especially not when there's traffic but it's just super chill just homestead kind of a thing that's
0: so fun yeah
1: like maybe when you don't have to do the rat race anymore mm-hmm. of being a musician then you have a little bit more leeway that's kind of what i've thought i told you earlier i'm now don't worry all my national friends this isn't happening anytime soon this is like a five to ten year down the road maybe kind of a thing but I, I'm, I'm kicking the tires on colorado someday you know mm-hmm. or maybe to, i know i know if you've also considered texas um yeah. and i mean I don't think I could do this right now, but I have even considered like North California. I
0: love Northern California. Santa,
1: I fell in love with Santa Rosa this past year.
0: Oh, I've never been. Oh,
1: it's, it's like hour-ish north of San Francisco. Oh, wow. So it's like got the beauty of San Francisco without the problems of San yeah. Francisco right
0: now. The beauty without the busy. <laughs> yes, the beauty
1: without the busy, uh, all that stuff. But God, the money,
0: the price to live out oh. there is ridiculous. Pretty much anywhere in California, it feels very unlivable financially for me right now. Yeah. But if I ever did move back to California, it would definitely be Northern California. Yeah. I fell in love with Lake Tahoe when I. Oh, I want to go. There a lot. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like just Northern California has so much more northern or natural diversity and beauty it feels mm-hmm. like i don't know and yeah. I, and they still get the four seasons which i really yeah. actually missed when i was in la mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah that's a good point I, I also regularly forget that you lived in la yeah, <laughs> yeah i regularly forget about that
0: <laughs> same <Yeah. laughs>
1: are, are you glad you did that
0: i'm glad i did it for the plot and the character development <laughs> there's a yes. lot of character development that came from plot. it yeah yes. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm um, also very glad to be here and not there. So, yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's. Do you, do you think you like to be here because this is home or because this is just like because of the community and stuff like that? Like I
0: think both. I think mm. I have a really beautiful community right now. And um, I was just talking to my friend Hannah yesterday. Like I've come to the realization that I'm an era's girl. I'm a like phase girl. <laughs> yeah. So right now it's my Buffalo era. I'm going back to school to finish my degree and I'm embracing my f- family time mm-hmm. and embracing my friend time nice. and just like very focused on community and education at the moment. But I just like, it feels like one of many chapters. Like I think I'm just yeah. going to go and leave and bounce around. Mm-hmm. I would love to do an international chapter yes. and live abroad. Like there's so much out there. Yeah. <laughs> there's So much that I could do. There's limitless potential, like possibilities and opportunities. So yeah. I think this is perfect for me for now. I don't think it's a permanent thing.
1: Hmm. I like that you said it's like the Buffalo era yeah because I think I've I've also I mean it's it's hard because a lot of our lives were the Buffalo era (laughs) because we were from here (laughs) yeah but it's kind of like when you come back and have the Buffalo era it's totally different than like when you grew up because I had the same thing from like when I dropped out of college in 2000 technically like the end of 2017 Mm -hmm. Um, when I dropped out moved back with my parents and I started working at a what was it? It was like a warehouse in downtown Niagara Falls. It was awful. <laughs> I hated it. Mm. But like, it was a whole new era of my life. You know, I got I got into a relationship. I eventually got like an office job. Like I tried a bunch of things. I was gigging around doing whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and then I did that for, from then through the pandemic until 2021. And it was like a totally different era from like the growing up chapter. When you're kind of forced to be here when you're younger, even like, High school and stuff like that. You feel? Did you ever feel like stuck? When when did you end up like moving for the first time?
0: Um, I like fully moving because I did a lot of traveling before I moved, but mm. LA was the first and only time I mm. actually moved my whole life to another state. Yeah. Um. So I was twenty-three. I think I was twenty-three when I moved to LA, mm. and I. Yeah. <laughs> I think growing up in a small town and growing up in Buffalo, it is like so many people kind of feel just sick of it. And like for a while, it felt like I was meeting the same person in a different body over and over and over again. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have to get out of here. I have to like escape this small little bubble. And I think a lot of that in hindsight was just perspective and I think I needed to get away and have mm-hmm. new experiences because now that I'm intentional about being here and I have like this fresh new uh, mindset going into it, I'm meeting so many crazy cool people that are not the same person, yeah. <laughs> in the same body. And so, but I think I wouldn't feel this way if I hadn't left and then came back with the intention mm. to be here and embrace it while I'm here. I love that. Yeah.
1: I love that. Yeah. I mean and, and I, I I also on a very personal basis feel that. Like mm-hmm. there is there is a buffalo type. There is a like a stereotypical Buffalonian. Yeah, for you sure. Know, there's a lot of them out there. Yeah. But there's also a lot of people like you mm-hmm. who are a very unique and not the Buffalo stereotype kind of a person. There's a whole range of humans in every city. You Absolutely. know, like there's a Nashville stereotype, and I'm pretty damn close to what it is, I feel like. like <laughs> <laughs> so I showed up in Tacovas and a flat brim. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But there's a lot of unique people. Like, I mean, in my area, East Nash. God, there are some unique humans in that area. And I love it. It's so great.
0: Yeah. I got like the smallest taste when I went to Nashville. Was that earlier this year? And we did in
1: Eastern Nashville. Yeah, that was like spring. Yeah, right? it was. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it was. And you went to Tin Roof. I can't believe you went to Tin Roof. <laughs> that was <laughs> like wild. Crazy. That place is nuts. It
0: was so packed.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but that was, like, the the place that we went up first, that was a really cool part of town. Like, I had no yeah. idea that part of Nashville even existed.
1: Englewood Lounge. It's hipster as hell. Englewood yeah. Lounge. That's Englewood what it was. Lounge. Shout yeah. out to Englewood Lounge. Go please visit. give me some free drinks next time I'm there. <laughs> Sponsor <laughs> yeah. him, please. Sponsor <laughs> yeah. And then there's, like, Mickey's and Dino's. And, I mean, you can go to, like, there's barcades in that mm-hmm. area. And, like, I mean, you could... You know you know like those like the influencers that dress up exactly like they're from the seventies, like Declan McKenna looking people. Yeah. Um they're everywhere in East. And so it's so fun. It's so it's so unique. But then yeah. there's like there are like actual country boys and then there's like sort of a hip hop subculture as well, and then there's wow. like the indie singer song. Like there's everyone in there. And yeah. it's it's great. But you have to look for those people.
0: I was gonna say I don't think I think that was my third time going to Nashville. And that's like the first time I've ever experienced that part of Nashville. It's Mm -hmm. always just been like the, what's that main strip? Broadway.
1: Broadway, exactly. And
0: it's just a bunch of tourists in cowboy hats and a bunch of country music and that's it. And that's always been my perception of Nashville. So it was great to go back and get like a locals twist on it be like, no, Mm. come here. And it was wildly different.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Because you can, it could be like that with every city. Yeah. You know, I actually sort of started to feel, and this is a weird thing to say, I'm starting to feel like a tourist in my own hometown. Really? Because everything is changing. Even in now where I'm from, specifically North Tonawanda, everything is changing. Mm. Like, they're, I think that they're trying to, and this is what has me excited about Buffalo. Now, people have been saying this for years, but I mm-hmm. feel like it's actually starting to happen now, like where they say... Oh, it's changing. It's becoming very new and good for like young people and stuff like that. But I was like, are you sure about that? Like, <laughs> no, I didn't even during my Buffalo era. But now I'm coming back. And I'm like, wow, no, this is cool. Like they're in my hometown even. I passed uh, I passed it yesterday where there was like a city. Oh, it was, it was in Gateway Harbor. They turned an old city bank. That had been closed down for a long time into, like, some kind of, like, ice cream shop or something like that.
0: Oh, okay. I'm like,
1: damn, this is fun as hell. Like, (laughs) But when I worked here, everything was just so pedestrian. Yeah. And boring. And, like, you know, when I was growing up, all the fun stuff was, like, underground. Like, we'd climb the roof of the middle school and, you know, like, go hang out at the park or things like that. But now there's actually things to do for young people, which is awesome. Yeah.
0: I think a big young population is moving into North Tonawanda because of like the housing market right now. Yeah. A lot of the surrounding areas like Lewiston, it's so, it's like impossible for a young person to buy a house. Even Buffalo is becoming really, really expensive. Yeah. So a lot of young people seem to be flock. A lot of my friends just bought houses in North Tonawanda. That's great. So yeah, I love yeah. We love it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Because, I mean, and that makes sense. Why? Because, you know, that's probably the reason it's becoming so youthful. Yeah. As far as, like, the businesses and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, more of it. it. Let's see more of it. Yeah.
1: That's what I'm saying. Come on. Like, this is is the circle of life, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, so, it's really great. Um,
0: So, do you feel like you are identifying more with Nashville at this point, like in that like home part of you is nashville more home than than tonawanda and buffalo
1: i don't want to admit it but it is i mean like my home will forever be north tonawanda wheatfield and the buffalo area in general Mm -hmm. but i multiple times i actually have caught myself when i'm with my parents when i say oh yeah i want to go back home to nashville Mm -hmm. so i guess even just subconsciously yeah i do like i feel very at home there I feel like I know my way around. I have I have a lot of friends still in Buffalo and stuff like that, um, which is very nice. But like at this point, I have more friends in Nashville. I'm putting down a lot more roots. And it's funny because then I say I don't want to stay there for forever. I feel mm-hmm. like maybe I'm destined to constantly uproot myself, <laughs> for better or worse. Feel that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, what do you think that is? Why, why do you think we, we want to do that so much?
0: That is such a good question. Let me just, let me, like, spend a good month psychoanalyzing both of our childhoods and finding some similarities. Yep. yep. So, we, I mean, we do have similarities. Like, we were both, well, you were homeschooled your whole life. Damn right. I also just realized, I don't think I really introduced you. We just jumped right into it. That's funny. I mean,
1: it's, it's weird. We've known each other so long. Yeah. It's weird to, I get that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Should, should yeah.
0: Let's just do it. All okay. Right. <laughs> to you, the listener, just, this is a little delayed, but... Jonah and I know each other from way, way, way back. I don't know if we probably met when I was like 10. One of the we few people
1: that knows what I look like without a beard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah you were baby face, Jonah. Yep. I
1: was
0: chipmunk <laughs> Jess. But we met through a youth group when we were both homeschooled. I don't know if mm-hmm. I was homeschooled yet at that point, actually. But I was homeschooled for high school. And you were homeschooled your whole life. And we mm-hmm. went to, yeah, a youth group. We played church baseball together.
1: Oh, my God. We... we- <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about that. Poor memory, we did,
0: (laughs) we did, we did.
1: Whoa, (laughs) like the upward or whatever it was, PowerPoint or whatever the hell they called it. Like, I don't know. Wow, I
0: forgot about. I only did it for a summer. I was not good at it.
1: But, <laughs> oh, yeah. I sucked at baseball. Okay. The only sport I was good at at youth group or any of that stuff was kickball.
0: Kickball? See, I so yeah, also not... I can do basketball. That's my sport. Oh, nice. Yeah, or like flag football because I can throw a spiral Did you
1: catch. do the flag football at NCC? I think so. Day? Yeah, okay. I think I did. I thought you did too. That I, was fun.
0: That was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. 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 It's like... Funny, church trauma, but, like, it. even in the midst of all the church trauma, there was just so much, like, fun little moments like that. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I, like, I can set aside the church trauma and still have a lot of fond memories looking back. And I'm very grateful for everything.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Because also, like, I mean, it led me to, you know, friendships like you and me. uh, Or, like, you know, Ty Miller. Mm -hmm. Or, um, I mean, there's a million people that those friendships... And then those friendships led to other friendships, like... So in reality, like, yeah, you have to separate them because mm-hmm. for better or worse, that all happened and it led to some good.
0: Absolutely. And yeah. like, for better or for worse, like shaped who, I, you know, a huge part of who I am. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I just like, I, I do believe that everything happens for a reason. So yeah. I got to find gratitude for all of it.
1: Yeah. And it brought us together.
0: Yeah. Yes. And here we are. Yes. <laughs> so, recording PCP. Woo! Uh, so that's how we know each other. And um. I don't even know. So I, I cut in to introduce you. What were we talking about before that?
1: Uh, we were talking, about, I think, about like. Uh, oh. oh we, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quick.
0: So uh, yeah, because we were talking about why we have like these wandering spirits, and yeah. so I guess like what pushed you to move to Nashville.
1: Um. Mainly my music career. Yeah. So for anyone who knows, we because we haven't said anything about what I do, which is yep. great. Oh, which right. is great because <laughs> I mean I feel like I'm way more than what I do, as you are and a, yeah. as all, everyone listening is.
0: But go ahead and give them a little elevator pitch. Yeah, I'll so give I'll you give are. you
1: the spiel. <laughs> the spiel. So I've since a very young age I've been very interested in music, and I be, ended up actually becoming a musician by some miracle. Um, you know I started out gigging in Buffalo and stuff like that, and. Eventually went to Michigan for school, studied music there, and a little bit I dabbled in Nashville, which is how I fell in love with Nashville in the first mm-hmm. place. Moved back home um, where I worked through a lot of like mental health issues, but also continued to build my myself as a musician and as a person. And then eventually finally moved to Nashville to try to pursue my music on the next level in 2021 and i've been there ever since i've been touring i as mostly as a guitar player and i i'm trying to my my actually i i don't know if i we've talked a little bit about like my original stuff and whatnot but mm-hmm. like my new year's goal because right now my calendar is empty nice which is a good it, it will fill up i'm not like worried about this it's just like it's the weirdest thing the turn of the seasons mm-hmm. um I will have zero on the calendar. Wow, nothing like like right now. I can show you. I have one gig on my calendar for the new year.
0: Incredible! I'm so envious.
1: It's in April. No, that's all my money. That's all my money. <laughs> right,
0: right, right. All, right, that's right. all right. not literally
1: all of it. That's like not. That's like a at least fifty to sixty percent of my income. Okay, but it's it. I mean, you do. Well, but you are right to be envious of it because part of what I am excited about is I'm like it's a blank slate. Yeah, I can start new things like. I, um, I want to start working on my own original music again. Mm -hmm. So I started, I did a lot of that when I was in Buffalo, band leading, doing acoustic gigs like all the time and stuff like that and writing, recording my own music. When I went to Nashville, that fell apart completely just because I started, it was like a whole new life. Mm -hmm. You know, I, within three weeks started playing with, um, a band called the Beasley Brothers who, I don't know if anyone's heard of Tin Roof. Jess has now. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> have you ever been to a tin roof before that or no? Nope. Because they're all over the country. So like, um, yeah. What did you What do you think of tin roof? What was your honest opinion?
0: <laughs> <laughs> if I was maybe five years younger, I think I would have. That would have been so ideal for me. But it was. It was fun in like a just being there and observing it it was so cha- mm. it was chaos it was pure chaos oh yeah it was like filled to the brim with people to the point where it's like you had to kind of pick a corner and stay there because <laughs> people are going to just bump into you but yeah. it was really fun like the energy of it all i oh, like could not do that every week because i just <sighs> am such a homebody now yeah but it was very fun it was yeah. chaotic and fun and the vibe was immaculate
1: it's crazy it's <laughs> yeah. crazy for anyone who doesn't know what a tin roof is which um it's not a very common thing it's a bar it's technically a chain it started in nashville and you went to the original one nice which is part of why it's so crazy that's the original it's the og all like the midtown people our age who Mm -hmm. have like a lot of money for whatever reason they just randomly every weekend decide to go down there and just go nuts (laughs) i feel like that's such a rare i i I'm not a Tin Roof person. Like I would I would only go for fun maybe once every like couple months. Right. And then I would need to recharge my battery for like the rest of the year.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Because it's so much. Yeah. I mean, I lost track of you within the first 10 minutes of me being on stage. Oh, yeah. 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 It was, it was <laughs> yeah. wild. Maybe, maybe we'll share a picture of Jess and I in the Tin Roof. It was yeah. crazy. But um, anyhow, I, I, I play there a lot. But it's a chain of bars all across the country. And that's where I started at. These dudes were doing Tin Roof tours. So, I would randomly, and I just started playing country music. Within three weeks, I had to learn all these country songs I'd never heard of. Started touring across the country, playing. Now, some of these bars, like, not every tin roof is like that tin roof. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're packed. Sometimes they're dead. Like, really? I played this past um, Thanksgiving. I went to um, tin roof Fort Lauderdale. There's a tin roof Fort Lauderdale, and then there's okay. one in Delray Beach. A little bit more north mm-hmm. we played them for thanksgiving weekend four nights in a row damn and yeah and they did extra late, so we went till three in the morning
0: oh yeah it's so late yeah yeah, yeah 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 it's
1: nuts and they were dead sometimes like not the whole time but like there was a couple times we only played for five people in the wow. whole bar so very tough but like nonetheless so just cutting my teeth and stuff and then i eventually met this great artist hallie kearns who I'll check her out, Hallie on, on all this stuff. It's great. It's great. Let's make her famous. It'll be good for everyone's everyone's lives. Well, she uh, is
0: kind of already famous. <laughs> that's
1: true. I mean, that I mean, she's definitely like getting. She's getting up there. You yeah. know, she's um she's going on the. I don't know if she's announced. I think she has announced this. She's going on the Mason Ramsey tour this next year.
0: Wow, she's
1: international. That's too.
0: incredible.
1: Yeah, I'm not going. Sad face, but yeah. like, <laughs> but still good for her. She's she's out there killing it. Mm-hmm. I started playing for her, so nowadays. I do both of those things. I play the Tin Roofs. I tour with Hallie. I teach music at um, Music Lab Nashville, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, I started my own little recording studio called Kenmore Studios. I I wear wear many Yeehaw hats.
0: (laughs) All the Yeehaw hats. I
1: I have two hats sitting right next to me right now. Let (laughs) let me see if I can put them both on at the same time. Oh,
0: Let me me just take a picture of this.
1: For anyone who's listening... (laughs) <laughs> i'm wearing okay. i'm wearing a cowboy hat and i'm wearing my flat brim on top of the cowboy hat it's pretty great it's pretty great oh
0: immaculate
1: <laughs> thank you for providing me a yeehaw hat I, I didn't bring mine
0: i feel like i need to start doing this every podcast now just have a hat sitting by the mic <gasps> <laughs> optional oh,
1: that's a good idea the optional the optional pcp hat
0: yeah. yeah 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 oh my god i have to get like an actual pcp branded cowboy hat i'm gonna do it
1: the way that i would wear that would be so great (laughs) i would wear that all the time a cowboy hat that just says pcp (laughs) what if you had studs pcp
0: oh my god you could read
1: it either way as long as c's in the middle yeah that's great
0: well you could be my marketing (laughs) yes i'll just send you a free one do you have any merch yet Technically, I ordered a sampling. So I have like Ooh. a hoodie, a t-shirt, and a beanie. Oh, um,
1: please let me buy a beanie when the time comes.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. The one that So the beanie, I did PCP and then in parentheses, not the drug in cursive, but it's oh. so small that you can't really make out not the drug. So people <laughs> are just going to assume the drug. So I need to redesign that one.
1: But do you? Because here's the thing if someone's walking around with a hat that just says PCP, wouldn't that be like the best conversation starter? And they can be like, no, it's actually a podcast called the porch club podcast.
0: Mm, That's very true. If, if they come up to you and ask about it, otherwise people are just gonna quietly assume that you do PCP. That's true.
1: Maybe you have the options of it, like yeah. you get one that like clearly says not the drug or whatever. You know. That's like
0: fair. Okay. Yeah. Options. I'll leave it up to you. I'll, leave, I'll leave it up to you, the consumer. if yes. You want people to make those assumptions about you or not?
1: Yes, that's right. That's a that's a good point. The market will decide at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That's Who yeah. am I? Yeah. I <laughs> we'll decide for you. <laughs>
1: exactly. So. Yeah, well, that's my elevator pitch. That's who I am, and you know I'm just holding the course. I'm ready for a new year. I'm ready yeah, for a new I year, feel new me.
0: I love. I think because I am an era's person, that every year towards the end of the year feels like a whole like death and rebirth. I'm like who yeah. am I going to be in this new year? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. What what hair color am I going to do this year?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's more like a every other month thing. For me, <laughs> but at the moment,
1: did you end up? I saw you post on your story. You were going to cut your hair. Yeah. Did you?
0: These are my bangs. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. I didn't have bangs before I, you, this. I didn't
1: know if you said you said you were going to cut your bangs. I'm like, wait, but you already don't have bangs. I was very confused. I thought you meant you were going to cut them off. I'm like, but you don't have bangs. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, what are you talking about? So
0: quick little um, hair styling or hair cutting 101. When people no longer want bangs, they don't cut them off. <laughs> they just let them grow out. Mm. Because then if you cut them off, they're just going to awkwardly grow
1: Yes. Yep. Yes. It's <laughs> yeah, kind of,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. I get that. Yep, yep, I yep, get yep, yep, Let
0: me just mansplain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, well, mansplain that, that would
1: be such an awkward, <laughs> I actually have been through that because so I, I'm growing my hair out yeah. right now. Um, And I went through my, my barber, it was like, he has long hair. So I was like, you know, what would you do? And he's like, listen, man, it's just gonna look really bad for a time. Oh, like, and it did. And it still is like, it's better, but like, it was really bad. It was a length where like, actually because I had this hair when you knew me way 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 back in the day I don't know if you remember I would wear baseball caps Mm -hmm. and then my hair would curl around it like wings yep that was happening to me for a good two or three months recently I was like oh my god here we go again (laughs) I've been through this once but now I regret just like letting my mom cut my hair back in the day because like if I just kept growing it then it would have been great.
0: Mm, the luscious, like yes, the f- rock and roll hair. Yeah, but yeah. no one did
1: mullets back then. Now That's mullets true. are hip again. So oh it's yeah,
0: one like, of my siblings has a mullet. It looks great yeah?
1: on them. Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 Mullets are. I mean, it's kind of weird that they're coming back. Like, I mean, I teach a lot of like middle schoolers and stuff like that, and so many of them have mullets.
0: Really? Oh, it's
1: crazy. Except for one kid, I know. Shout out to Gunner. He has he has the Justin Bieber bowl cut.
0: Oh yeah. He
1: wants to be Justin Bieber. I'm like. <laughs> You would have been a ama- like you would have been a stud. He is a stud, but you would have been a stud stud when I was your age. Yeah, in like
0: 2010, 2012. Oh my that God, he would have been unstoppable. Unstoppable. Yeah, yeah I mm. think now it's like, well, I feel like there's a lot of different styles emerging all at once. And yeah. I think Zoomers have just like this really unique, I don't really give a fuck kind of style to them. Did you say Zoomers? Zoomers, yeah. Wait, what is a Zoomer? Like Gen Zers.
1: Oh, I've never. I love that. I've never heard them called a zoomer.
0: I Whoa. I think I've only heard it in like maybe one or two contexts, but I love it because it's it, it rolls off the tongue better than Gen Zers. So was, yeah. I call them zoomers now. I'm um, adopting that, um, and I, I love think it. I think I adopted it because my younger siblings, who are very very Gen Z, yeah. have weaponized my millennial status, and they're like, "Oh my god, you're <laughs> such a millennial!" So now I had to change gen z to zoomer because it's yeah. more hostile in the right context i'm like okay zoomer
1: that's a good point like like okay gen z but then you sound really pretentious but you say zoomer it's like so it's funny but it's also like gives you more ammunition because yeah, it sounds like boomer
0: that's what i feel exactly yeah. exactly like
1: okay. i love that i am so stealing that i'm so like yeah, because, you know, my, my girlfriend right now is Gen Z and, mm-hmm. like, she, like, all the time, like, I'm, she's 22, I'm 26, and she regularly is, like, old man. I'm going to start calling her a Zoomer. I think you should. Hell yeah. Hell <laughs> yeah. She should. Watch out, Jazz. I'm coming for you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. With the Zoomer status. That's great.
0: I love that. No Zoomer is safe.
1: Those, those are really safe around this, us millennials.
0: On these parts. i nah. you what. <laughs> I think
1: I'm, I'm barely a millennial is the weird thing. So, I'm like right yeah. on the cutoff, I think.
0: We're both on the cusp because yeah. some it, it like ranges from 1995 to 1997 being the cutoff. Yeah. So according to some sources, I could technically be a Zoomer. You're 96,
1: right? I'm 96, yeah.
0: yeah. So are you 97? Seven. Yeah. yeah. So, we're right on the cusp, but mm-hmm. it just kind of depends who you ask. And it's it's weird because like I feel like some proper millennials will not claim me as their own, yeah. but then the zoomers definitely don't claim me.
1: <laughs> so, oh, we're yeah. We're just in purgatory. Yeah, cuz also we're not like do you consider yourself a, I mean, technically we are 90s babies, mm-hmm. but like do you consider yourself a 90s kid?
0: Not in the same way that someone who spent the bulk of their childhood in the 90s would. Yeah. I think I do in t- Circumstantially, I think I do, as like a pride thing, almost like I'm like <laughs> I'm a '90s baby. I was yeah. like born in a different millennia than most of these. <laughs> children. I'm yeah. no, just kidding. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's that's a tough one because I I have a theory that like the first two or three years of any new decade mm-hmm. is basically still the previous decade.
0: True. Yeah. Like
1: the early 2000s were still kind of the '90s.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I I can agree with that, and I do feel like I guess we were toddlers when mm-hmm. we were alive in the nineties. So yeah. like, if I remember anything from the actual nineties, it's like the Land Before Time, and that's probably oh it. My
1: God. That's <laughs> the Land Before Time. I remember having like this, you know, like neon purple and green jacket when I was like five or six years old or something. I don't know if I'm making that up or if someone else. I know someone in my family had that jacket. Yeah. I thought it was me. But that's that's clearly such a 90s style. Absolutely. You know, like, I remember doctor's offices, like pedi- pediatricians' offices when I was a kid mm-hmm. were still styled like the 90s. It was still just like, everything was neon.
0: Yeah. Everything
1: was neon colors. Maybe that's why we have anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> everything was just so explosive yeah
0: just like in a constant state of overstimulation yeah and that's probably why half of us are on the spectrum now
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know please don't, I felt, don't quote me i felt that one. Oh my god i feel like the older i get the more my adhd i've never been diagnosed but i feel every year that passes i get more adhd
0: okay this is so interesting because this was I feel the same way, and this was just brought up on my last episode. My guest nice. said, "Well, are you an artist?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, then you have ADHD," and I wonder if there is like a strong correlation between artistic people, oh. creatives, and ADHD or autism or just like the variety. Yeah,
1: of, yeah. I think I think so. I have I have, and it's really interesting. Also, when you think of it from a, a child's perspective, I have now. The thing is, not every child who is on the spectrum or whatever is artistic right but i have i have one student um i'm not sure if he's on the spectrum i think he is but he has his parents haven't told me mm-hmm. i think he is he's about six years old but he's six years old and he picks up songs like that yeah like i have nine ten eleven plus year old students who can barely pick up a melody you can't remember words and they can't even sing to the rhythm of a song Mm-hmm. And this kid's six years old and just just like that. Brilliant. It's amazing. Like it, yeah. his brain was just built for that. Yeah. Um
0: I have three siblings. So I've there's six kids total, and I have three siblings on the spectrum. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a farm
1: family though. It's you need fu- farming. Yeah,
0: you do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just child labor is all we are. Yeah, clearly. Um yeah, so three of my siblings are on the spectrum. And my one younger brother, Jeremiah, he is like that like he can watch an episode of you know insert TV show and Mm -hmm. just have most of it memorized after after watching it once so he excels so much in um, subjects like history because he can memorize dates like that he can memorize every single thing that happens throughout the history of time and his memory is just brilliant and so like yeah he you know he's on the spectrum side of the family I'm on the ADHD side of the family where
1: I can't retain (laughs) shit Yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah It's like, do you feel, or do you feel like there are some things? Because obviously you gotta be, you retain some things. Yeah. Do you ever feel like there are things that you retain and then there's things that just completely just right yeah. past you?
0: I think, well, okay, yeah. So I guess I'm like, I'm pretty good at remembering like birthdays and names. Oh, those, nice. Those stick with me. Um, Or like muscle memory feels really natural mm. to me. But, mm. uh, I don't know, like computational things like math. Oh, God. <laughs> Forget about it. Forget about God,
1: it. God, I hated math. I I failed out of, when I when I went to college, I failed my math entrance exam. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I just, my math. But that's the other thing. My brain doesn't work with math very well. But at the same time, there's a lot of math and music with rhythms and divisions and stuff like that. True. Now, I do struggle with, there are very complicated math sometimes in um music like when you get in the dotted quarter notes and that have you i don't know how far in the music not theory at, not at no. all okay i'm
0: a vibes i just do things based off of feelings vibes and intuitively yeah
1: and that's great that's great you don't need to know half this shit like yeah. it's not it's it's for it's for nerds and but like there are some really complicated like polyrhythms where that's
0: a new word for me yeah
1: yeah it's where you f- you basically take a song so like a normal song is 4/4 four, four, right so it's like mm-hmm. 1 2 Three, four, and it's where you take a rhythm and you make it feel like a different rhythm. So like dun 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 I don't think that was a polyrhythm. That was a syncopation. I don't really know what a poly. I don't know, but I I know what it is. I don't know how to do it because I play country music. I thought I look like someone who plays smooth jazz. No
0: way. Oh my god, yeah, I know it gets like jazz is great, and conceptually it blows my mind. Oh my
1: god, yes. You ever listen to Jacob Collier? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. How the
1: hell, like, does his brain work like that? I have
0: no idea. It's, it's he's like a savant. He's like, those yeah. are the people around, like, are you on the spectrum? Or oh, are you a genius? Be. Or he's are they separate? The are they the same a thing? Bit. Right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. I, you know, and here's another interesting thing. So like, there's that the spectrum side of things. Mm. I've also noticed anxiety. A lot of musicians have mm. some sort of mental health. Struggles like I have a lot of musicians in my family. Everyone who became a professional musician has struggled with panic attacks and stuff like that at one point in their life. Okay, and it all hit them around the same age. Like, my I, I mean, I had anxiety my whole life as a kid, but I just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. But I started having panic attacks when I was 21, 22, it like hit me like a brick wall. And then, talking to like my extended family who were all musicians, found out that they had the same exact experience. When they hit that same age, which is so eerie. It made me feel very, like, good because I'm like, okay, I will survive this. Absolutely. But I was like, why? Why, like, all, like... And it's not that my family that weren't musicians didn't have anxiety. Yeah. But it's like it hit... and Maybe it's because of the musician's life that we had, like, some more severe anxiety. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But... I know so many musicians that have panic attacks or like anger issues or like depression or self-esteem, like you name it, whatever it is that you're struggling with. It's like a part of the art.
0: I was just going to say, taking a step further back, I do think that that's like broadly speaking an artist thing as well, because like the painters that I know, it's the same thing like writers. It's kind of the same thing. People are into poetry. And I think, this also got brought up on my last episode. Like my guest had mentioned that he mentioned that artists tend to get a little bit deeper into like the emotional aspect of life. Mm, and yeah. I wonder if it is that like living in your emotions and like tapping into that amount of depth and like learning how to navigate yeah. the, uh, the stimulation, like everything. Because yeah. there's so much like mm-hmm. figuring out how to live in your emotions and not like push them away or not like get too far into that. Yeah. I wonder if that has a lot to do with it. And but like Mm -hmm. the people that do tap into their like the deepest, darkest parts of their emotions, I feel like are the most brilliant artists. Like they're they're so raw and authentic and dark and beautiful.
1: Yeah. Why do you think so many of like the people like you know what you've heard like the Twenty Seven Club? Oh yeah. Yeah. Why do you think they all died young is or or were addicted to drugs or unfortunately mm-hmm. some commit suicide because mm-hmm. like they tapped into a dark side that most people don't get into and it's funny i don't necess- i don't i don't think all art has to be dark and scary and getting into that mm-hmm. i think like you, you know my song your sugar yep yeah i literally wrote that cuz i'm like i want something that like i think there's a lot of meaning is i had just gotten back from a trip from nashville right before mm-hmm. i moved there And I had a great time. I traveled with a bunch of friends and we went to Broadway and just got crunk. And like, you know, but I also played a show. It was just such a positive, fun, lighthearted time. I was like, I want to write a song for that emotion.
0: I love... Okay, I just have to stop and say to the listeners go listen to ear sugar by jonah kroll on spotify <laughs> or are you on apple music as well all of the, all of the yeah. any platform just yeah. go look it up it is so fun and funky and Aww. just like it makes me want to dance when i put it on it's so good
1: Ear yeah, sugar <laughs> ear yeah, sugar, yeah, sugar that was really fun was doing that i wish i had gotten you i, I did like there was a part where there's all the background vocals and stuff like that i wish i had gotten like you and like other friends that actually sing i had like Ty Miller and a couple other friends. Mm-hmm. And Ty, Ty sings. We sings for fun, and stuff like that. I got them in the booth to like do that. And they were just like, mm. They were like weren't they're just mumbling. I'm like, this isn't very funky of you. That's not very Yeehaw.
0: <laughs> the vibes were not in fact yeehaw. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, you know, and hopefully there'll be more music like that. I'm trying to figure. <laughs> have you ever seen that meme? It's like the little bubbles, like the Venn diagrams. And it's like, one of them is like the music that I like, mm-hmm. the music that my friends like, the music that makes me money and the music that is popular. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a little bubble or, that doesn't touch any of those bubbles and it's the music I make. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that, that on <laughs> such a personal level. I'm like, damn, like I, cause like right now my, my, I'd still do love to make funky music and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, I love all kinds of music is the Mm -hmm. problem. Like, I genuinely, I feel gross saying this. I really do like a lot of the country music I play on Broadway and stuff like that. It's fun. Like, it's a good time, you know? And, like, as much as I don't respect Morgan Wallen as a person, I love a lot of his music, (laughs) you know? And, like, I think there's there's something to that. But I also love Jacob Collier. And I love... um, Chet Baker, smooth jazz trumpet. Ooh, love yes. You Baker. know Chet Baker? I do. Ah, yes, there's a reason that we're friends. <laughs> yes. Chet Baker, I used to fall asleep to him like in my college dorm. Love just that. Such just yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm like, how do I make all these kinds of music under one name? I don't know. I guess I could just keep doing it. I feel like it's gonna make my artist brand feel very unhinged. <laughs>
0: That's okay, though. Uh, you know, I feel like as long as you're doing something that you enjoy, that's kind of yeah. like, I feel like in every single field, the the advice that's often handed out is find your niche. Find your niche. Yeah. And I struggle with that. Even like this podcast, I'm like, there's no fucking theme. <laughs> <laughs> Just come and talk about whatever.
1: The, the niche is the vibe. The ni- <laughs> that's it. Yeah.
0: The niche is the vibe.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I feel like a lot of... It's, it's almost been themed because I have a lot of similar kind of energy with the friends that I choose. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't like, and it's the same with the music that I like to play and listen to. It's the same with like when I write or like even painting, there's not one thing that I can just umbrella myself under. Like I just a big old, it's a big umbrella and it's more fun that way. And it's more enjoyable. And I, yeah. I don't like setting limitations on myself. So yeah. unless like, I don't know, Especially if you're just – it's just you. You are a single entity. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's less pressure to, like, find something and stick with it.
1: Yeah. I think that, like, that's also where there's freedom in that. There's also limitations in that freedom, Mm -hmm. which is the funny – I've been learning that. Like, sometimes my whole life, ever since I was a kid, I just wanted to break free from every limitation I ever had. Mm -hmm. And I've been realizing more and more lately that, like, there's actually a lot of um, limitations in freedom, which is a weird concept. That
0: is a weird concept.
1: There is a million stories I've heard of um, producers. Like, you know, John Bellion? Have you heard of John Bellion? It rings a bell. He did that all-time low song. Low, 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 okay, low, yeah. low, low. And he's, I mean, he produces and writes almost every hit you've heard in the last, like, 10 years. He's incredible. Like, wow. life-changing. Um And I really look up to him as a producer and as an artist and a writer and creative in general. Um, He has mentioned before in interviews and stuff like that. And I think Dr. Dre even mentioned this sometimes in other like interviews and stuff like that. I like to study the people like that. Um, How... They started out, you know, you, don't, you start out with a lot of money. Like right now, right? Like you've you've got just these these random microphones. You got the little like recorder and these headphones and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And we're just chilling. Yeah. Just going for it. And they they started out making music on a very similar scale. Or AJR is another example of bands like that where they just make music with random little recording stuff hmm. with Logic. That's wow. it. Um, and this is the point I'm kind of rambling. But the point I'm getting to is then they got into big multi-million dollar studios with everything they could imagine Mm -hmm. and their creativity was like lowered because i think there was too many options there was like so much else to think about that like they lost that creative track and so then when they went back to their roots and they got into a small room with just like a little computer an mpd pad and a microphone their creativity just like john bellion wrote all-time low in a random florida like airbnb somewhere with like a computer one microphone some studio monitors like not like he didn't write that in a million dollar studio um i love that i've been trying to learn that because sometimes i feel very limited by myself and by my setup and stuff and you know the temptation is always to throw money at the problem Mm -hmm. which i already can't do because i'm not rich i feel that i already can't do that i'm trying to get out of debt right now Mm -hmm. um but, you know, I'm just trying to learn that, like, hey, my limitations are actually good. And, like, you know, if I try too hard to free myself from those limitations, that I'm going to limit myself even more. Mm-hmm. And I need to learn how to work with my limitations. Actually, on, let me – I'm sorry this causes a lot of noise. Something, like, kind of my motto, my mantra maybe for the new year is um, one of my students made me this.
0: He's holding a, is it a bracelet? It's
1: a little bracelet. And he was going through panic. He's 11 years old. His mm-hmm. name is Keating. He's one of my favorite students of all time. When he hit like 11, he randomly started just having wild panic attacks, mm. crazy panic attacks. And this kid is like the sweetest, nicest kid that you've ever met. And so it broke my heart. So I kind of started trying to like help him through it and tell him about my anxiety journey and stuff like that. And one thing I kept telling him was, you got to ride the wave. Mm-hmm. Like the anxiety is just going to come and you can let it drown you or you can try to ride it to the beach.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: And so he he made me this little bracelet and he carved. I think this bracelet, unfortunately, is not going to last very long because he, car- he hand carved it into this little piece of leather. And so it's already like at the br- the brink of ripping and he gave it to me two weeks ago.
0: Oh, wow. It does look weathered. <laughs> yeah, just a little
1: bit. But it says on it, ride the wave.
0: Ride the wave. I love that. That's ride the precious. Wave. Yeah. You know, it's funny. So my uh, trip to Iceland, my travel companion, Carolyn, that's been like her mantra. And we talked about that like kind of in depth, like ride the wave. It is so it's so simple and so powerful. Yeah. Just like a reminder. It's a very powerful mantra to just like, okay, this is what's happening right now. And there's not much that I can do about it. So we have to let go of trying to grasp power because you're going to drown yourself doing that, like grasping Mm -hmm. control. Of yeah. the wave, you just gotta relax yeah. <laughs> and go with it, yeah <laughs> and, and it's all gonna be okay. Yeah,
1: and sometimes that feels impossible. Yeah, like yeah, I learned how to do that when I was having panic attacks, and like I legitimately felt like I was gonna die. Mm-hmm. Like there was a couple times I really, really, really thought I was having a heart attack. You know, like if you've had, have you had like panic attacks and stuff before? Or like
0: um, in my relationship. I had, uh, I think, three of them. The only times Mm. I really have experienced that on the degree that i had. I think in my childhood, I had a lot of anxiety and depression, but it was never like, it never physically manifested in my body as powerfully as it did in my relationship. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah.
1: It's like you really, sometimes, I almost went to the hospital a couple of times because it feels like you're dying. You know? like So to sit there and think that you could be dying and to just accept it. I actually, um, why do I feel like you sent, did you, was it wasn't you that sent me that song Particles by Oliver Arnold. Or did I send you that at one point? I can't remember. <laughs> I know the I song. I just thought that I you were related know. to that. It's like <laughs> yeah. the, here I am floating. It's like a very beautiful piano yeah. song with the strings. I don't know. But when I was going through my period of anxiety, I was having a panic attack at home in bed. Which was, that sucked because that was like my last safe space that I had left. And I'm like, well, great. My anxiety is everywhere. And I felt like I was dying. Um, so I started doing this. Have you heard of, I feel like I keep referencing a lot of random
0: things. It's okay.
1: Have you heard of uh, Wim Hof? No. He, his nickname is like the Iceman. And he hmm. has a couple like, he was like, I think he's Icelandic. Oh, and cool. he had a lot of like theories around cold exposure therapy and breathing therapy mm. um where he and he proved that he actually held his breath under a sheet of ice for seven minutes oh my god yeah and then he hiked everest in his boxers i think twice
0: he has to be icelandic <laughs> yeah no he okay. has he yeah. has to be he
1: has to be wow. um and his whole theory is that like you know like there's essentially cold. cold is healing mm. which is something that because i've Part of my anxiety has always been around cold weather. Mm-hmm. You know, living in Buffalo, that's something we can't escape. Yeah. Um, but also the breathing techniques. So I started, and that was hard because like, you know, when you're having panic attacks and shit, it's like you can't breathe. It's like you're losing your breath. Mm-hmm. So I would um, do these, have panic attacks and try to get through them. Because what you do is you basically hyperventilate yourself. This was his technique. You hyperventilate yourself for about 30 seconds and then you take a big breath in and you let your breath out, have empty lungs. And because you hyperventilate, you have a lot of built up oxygen in your lungs. And I don't know, I hope anyone who's scientific isn't like judging me too hard. I'm not, I don't know. I'm just, this is, this is what I told, what, what I was told that happened. Mm-hmm. Basically, you hold an empty breath mm-hmm. for however long with the oxygen that you had left from hyperventilation. And it's crazy because I never thought I could hold an empty lung as long as I did I think once I got up to four minutes with empty lungs
0: wow
1: yeah and a couple times I passed out trying to do more (laughs) but like it's fine (laughs) I was in in bed yeah but I remember like having a panic attack and I ended up like calming myself down and I went through these breathing techniques to try to get myself even more calm and I just was holding empty lungs and staring at the ceiling listening to that song Mm -hmm. and the song by anyone who doesn't know it's called particles Mm -hmm. something like that song is about drowning i'm pretty sure um i just remember just like i had that weird thing where i was like is this what death feels like i'm sorry we're getting so dark right now i'm so sorry <laughs> this is not very yeehaw of me but no, like, it's okay that's right um but like you know it got me thinking like man you know just ride the wave and like mm-hmm. if it led to that if that's truly the worst that could happen then okay yeah so you just gotta ride the way and like so that's in the new year, I want to continue that, trying to ride, ride the wave with my life, with my career, with, because there's, if there's one thing I've learned, there's a lot of things that aren't in our control. So
0: many. Like <laughs> Which <most> sucks.
1: It <laughs> yeah. really sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But.
0: Yeah, the control is what we decide to do with what's given to us and like yes. how we decide to handle that. And yes. like there is a lot of power in that too. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's like there is like this balance between feeling completely powerless and like still claiming power over your life. Like there's a balance there. That's the yeah. sweet spot. But um, it, I think it is just like figuring out what you do have control over and what you don't. And then just focusing on what you do have control over and yeah. that's it.
1: 100%. Yeah. 100%. And that's the best we can do sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And I think... So maybe like this plays into, I, I have this whole time in the back of my head, I'm like trying to like link
1: to all, all it, the stuff we talked all about.
0: the stuff we talked about and like bring it way back to the beginning of the episode, why we both have these like wandering spirits.
1: Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> we never answered that question. So
0: I've been yeah. half analyzing this whole time. So I wonder if part of it is both of us like overcoming challenges in our life where we're like letting go of this certain level of control and Mm -hmm. maybe like for me i've also had to let go of like setting really hard expectations yeah and like you know i spent most of half of my life just dreaming up how i wanted life to go and then it's just constantly like let down or things change and maybe it's Mm -hmm. for the better but there is just so much change so I kind of ride the wave in like a really fun way where it's like, I don't know what's going to be next. <laughs> and I'm totally at peace with it now where previously that would give me a lot of anxiety. Yeah. So I wonder if that's part of it. And then I wonder if the other part of it is like, I don't know. We're both like creative people. We're both like mm. artists. And I wonder if, do you, I don't know. Do you feel like inspired when you go to new places and do new things? Is that part of it? Like the inspiration that comes from it or like redefining yourself mm-hmm. or rewriting yourself? There's yeah. so much appeal.
1: <laughs> You're so right. I think that's a good point. I think that's part of it for sure. Um, and there's a difference between visiting a place and moving to a new place. Mm-hmm. Like, But even visiting places, I'll never forget the the rash of inspiration I had when I went to the Redwoods for the first time. Oh, yeah. First time I saw the Pacific. Because like, my whole life I dreamt of going out west and finally seeing all that stuff was just like... Got like I I lived off that creativity for like years, Mm -hmm. you know, and now I feel like I need a refill. I need to go back out there, go camping. Um yeah, there's there's gotta be an aspect of that. Um so you said that you you're used to like you ride the wave, like almost like you're surfing that wave of anxiety to where you enjoy it almost.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've reached that point where it's like. I, I think it's fun to yeah. wave and not know where you're gonna end up, but have yeah. a certain level of trust that you are gonna end up in a place that is okay and it's gonna mm, be brilliant and great.
1: I yes. Yeah. I think that's gotta be it. And like I think we also maybe enjoy that sense of like not knowing, you know, mm-hmm. um not like in a thrilling way, but like where maybe we've gotten so used to things being in flux that if things aren't in flux that we're and i think that's different because there are some people that don't ever want to leave their hometown or they don't ever they just want to work the same job the rest of their lives you know i used to i used to really look down on that Mm -hmm. i used to be so judgy about people Mm -hmm. like that like i same with i honestly i'm not proud of this i used to be really judgy about part-time musicians okay i used to be really like you're not a real musician. You're not out here living the life and stuff like that. And I just like, at some point my ego caught up with me and I was like, that is just so invalidating of that yeah. person and what <laughs> they want out of their lives. Like you're completely just taking, like your, your pride is taking away the fact that like, Hey, maybe this person loves music, but maybe they don't want to play the game, Yeah, which is so fair Mm -hmm. it's so fair the game sucks (laughs) the game sucks i hate it and also like music is so universal yeah um but what brought me to that is like yeah maybe like you know we are are clearly not those people who are like super overly domesticated
0: yeah for sure
1: (laughs) and maybe like we get we're just most comfortable when we're uncomfortable
0: yeah i Truly like I feel like that is it for me or like finding a balance at least because I obviously love to be comfy and cozy in my home (laughs) but then I love to throw myself out into the unknown and see what happens yeah because that's I think I'm addicted to the growth
1: (laughs) yeah yes and I think I mean I think everyone should whether it's like because for you and me it looks like moving trying new things starting new businesses and Mm -hmm. new ventures and hobbies and stuff like that for some people That's as small as like, you know, I know people that just like their version of that is they go to the gym. They work on themselves or they work on a car or they build their house. Like, you know. Or literally
0: going to a restaurant and instead of getting your usual, ordering something new. (laughs) It could
1: be as small as that. Yes, it could be as small as that. But I I feel like everyone should be having that. For you and me, I think it's just a lot bigger and more extreme because we're. Do you also feel like i'm saying this because i feel this way and i want to know if you feel the same because i feel like we're very similar in a lot of ways do you feel very overly dramatic in a lot of things
0: wait can you expand on this probably
1: so i feel like i take whether it's emotions or whether it's sto- like the way i tell stories i over i don't i don't lie i don't like i'm but it, I over-dramaticize so many of my stories. Okay, yeah. You know, or like I, I feel emotions so strongly, and like I think I also like dramatize them a little bit. I, I, like, but I like things that are dramatic. Yeah, epic. I like, I
0: like epic things. <laughs> yeah.
1: I like doing crazy batshit crazy stuff. You know, like, God, some of my favorite memories are like, of me doing unhinged things. <laughs> <laughs> and I do like. For the plot. Yeah, do it for the do, it do for, it for the, the plot. plot. I had a weekend recently where I you know, I tuned two nights of two hours of sleep because I flew to Florida for one day for one gig and then back the next day. It's like like a day a day commute to Florida for a, a gig. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it's unhinged. Normal people would be like, "That's awful." I'm like, Yeah, but it was cool. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, I do think. I feel split because yes I do so many things for the plot and I do crazy shit just because I think it's gonna be fun and I think it's <laughs> like I, I'm like yeah this is a good story but then no. when it comes down to like actually telling that story I'm so bad at like I don't know this is something I still need to work through but sometimes I feel like when I do something crazy and big and exciting mm-hmm. and then I would like go to share that with someone I feel bad like I just feel like I feel like I don't I don't mean to come off as like bragging or something. And I feel like I'm so hyper aware of that and like I'm so like hyper fixated on the fact that it's like, well, I know not everyone gets to do this. That sometimes I like minimize myself and my experiences when it comes to like sharing that part of me. Which is why I think why well, I'm like really psychoanalyzing myself right now. But <laughs> I think that's why I share so much on Instagram because anyone can choose to participate or not. Like yeah. if I start sharing something that i'm doing with my life on instagram so i'm going Mm -hmm. to swipe away from that they're like i don't really want to hear that
1: your instagram is popping by the way like (laughs) like i'm regularly like dang how like like not not just as far as your follower count but the things that you post are incredible thanks because you do you do a lot of incredible things and it's also totally valid i i think that i even if it's not like the best thing because you should share you do awesome things and you should be able to share that But I really respect that you're conscious that, like, that might make other people feel bad about their lives and stuff.
0: Mm. I think, yeah, I think I do it too much. You know, Mm -hmm. I think I'm overthinking it and overanalyzing it. Like, I don't have to minimize myself that much. Mm -hmm. So, but, like, if someone asks, then I'm happy to share. Like, someone's like, tell me all about Iceland. Then I'll, like, get into it and I will be dramatic and I will, like, (laughs) like, yeah, so we climbed this volcano field and, you know, like. (laughs) (laughs) But. I feel like it has to be prompted for me because Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm just like very hyper aware of, I do live a very uh, unorthodox life or I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know it's like very privileged and it's not something like a lot of things that I do is just not something that everyone can easily accessibly do. But I also like, I don't know. I'm also very intentional with how I live my life and I'm intentionally spending all my money so I am broke yeah. So, yeah. like yeah. it's we, not all glam you pay
1: the price for these stories <laughs> we do. like these stories don't come free both literally and figuratively
0: yeah you know yeah
1: yeah that's a hard one I mean because it is what we do is kind of privileged but mm-hmm. at the same time like it's hard I really do think that anyone could do what I do mm-hmm. I think you could do what I do if you were on the path that I've been on right genuinely I believe that <laughs> like but I just spent my whole life building up to this point in my life and I'm going to continue spending my whole life building up to the point where, and I don't know what my life's going to look like, Yeah. but I know that I'm going to build to whatever that is. And same with you, you know, you didn't just randomly decide one day to have like, you just no one gave you the life that you have. Mm-hmm. You really worked hard and you were intentional about the way you lived your life and the way you built the life that you have now. And that's why you have such this crazy, great, complicated but really fun life
0: that's a good point thank you for that perspective yeah i do think a lot of it has to do with like maybe birth lottery and the heart the cards that were handed to you right but so much of it is like where you put your intention and what you're working towards yeah um even just like if someone tells me god i wish i could go on a vacation I'm like you can't <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, it's hard <laughs> yeah You either might have to save for it or it it also might not be the most bougie vacation. Like maybe you can't go to, how long were you in Iceland for? 10 days. Maybe you can't go to Iceland for 10 days, but maybe you can go to Canada for three.
0: Yeah, you can go anywhere. And like some of my most inspirational travels have just been like a solo road trip trip. Like five hours upstate, or for like Belmont,
1: you yeah. know. Do you have a piece of shit car? <laughs> then you, I, you know how much I've done. I mean, when I did that cross country, um, so so for well, you know, you know this story, but yeah. like, you know, um, in 2019, I went on a cross country. It was a DIY tour, but really it was a road trip, and I used the tour to write everything off. <laughs> <laughs> If the virus is listening. I did make money, so it's OK. But like, you know, um, really, it was just an excuse to go on a road trip with my best friend, Ty Miller. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Wild Ty. Um, but um, I w- we did it in my 2013 Honda Fit, which I nicknamed the Honda shit. <laughs> it's awful it's a manual transmission oh, so imagine driving over the Rockies or through San Francisco in a manual transmission I can't
0: drive across a parking lot in a manual transmission <laughs> so I truly cannot imagine that yeah
1: nor could Ty so I drove the whole thing oh, shit. it was awful Yeah, <laughs> it's awful you know but like was it risky did I think the car was going to make it I don't know it was <laughs> sure was sketchy at times there was multiple times like driving through like middle of nowhere mm-hmm. I think we were in Yellowstone or in the Redwoods and there was this weird smoke coming out of my tailpipe, and I'm like, We are three thousand miles from home right now.
0: Oh no. It's yeah. daunting.
1: Yeah. But you still can do it. You, you can take can. that car as far as you want to go. Like now if you choose not to because it's unwise, that's valid. Mm. That's fair. <laughs> but not like like you you can You can do what you can do. Yeah. You know?
0: Baby steps. Baby steps. Easy way into it. Yeah. Take a day trip somewhere. Yeah. Hey, guys. It's your girl, Jess here. Just me. No Jonah. Uh, After we finished recording this episode, I realized there was so much content and we had spent so much time talking that this needed to be a two-parter. So we're going to stop right here and we're going to pick up this conversation next week um, because we just got lost with time. And I found this to happen with me and Tauruses, not to make this <laughs> a Zodiac thing, but for whatever reason, everyone in my life who's a Taurus, I feel like I can just talk to hours and hours and hours on end and time just always escapes us. It's so weird. Um. Anyways, so I just wanted to jump on here real quick and give some kind of transition to the end of this week's episode since it is going to be a two-parter. And it's the day after Christmas, so I also wanted to say Merry Christmas um, if you celebrate. And if not, happy holidays. I hope regardless of what today means to you or what this holiday season means to you, I hope you're able to take some time off of work and spend some quality time with friends and family. I will meet you back here next week for the continuation of Jonah's episode, the part two. And that will be in the new year. So I will talk to you all next year until then p c p out okay, I also just <laughs> I know I just ended the episode, but it's so funny, just like how my demeanor and voice shifts with different people, one, but also when I'm recording by myself versus someone else. I feel like this is my Zen just coming out, you know it's just me, there's no one else here this is zen time zen (laughs) it's crazy how many versions of you exist you know technically like for every person that knows you a different version of you exists because no one's perceiving you the same way as someone else is that a weird thought i'll leave you on that thought how many versions of you are existing in the world catch you all later bye